Let us pray together. For the wonders that astound us, for the truths that still confound us, most of all, O God, that your love has found us, we thank you. And we pray and welcome your Holy Spirit here among us to guide the meditations of our hearts. In Christ's name we pray, amen. As I shared with you in an email this past week, I'll be flying out to uh, be with my brother in his uh, final days, uh, what we anticipate will be his final days, and I'll be leading, leaving uh, immediately after the service today. And uh, my family wants to thank you for uh, your prayers and uh, all your expressions of love these uh, past days. Seventeen years ago, uh, I made a very similar journey to be with my grandma Friesen, uh, Barry's mother, during her final days. And I'll never forget uh, what she told us before she slipped out of consciousness. She told us, her family, I want to go home. And we soon realized that she wasn't talking about her little ranch house in Mountain Lake, Minnesota. She was homeward bound, and uh, there was no turning her back. Every evening, we would gather with Grandma, as many of you have done with loved ones as well, and uh, we sang with her, or for her actually, uh, some of her most... uh, beloved hymns. And I'll never forget that one night as we sang, by then she had lost consciousness, but suddenly she uh, opened her eyes and uh, began softly to mouth the words of the hymn with us. And suddenly at that moment, the space between heaven and earth seemed very, very thin And it was like all of our voices were joining the great cloud of witnesses already gathered in the balconies of heaven. As I recall, it was back in 1996, but uh, as I recall, uh, my dad and I one day uh, had a cup of coffee with my grandma's doctor. And she said... And he said something to us. He contrasted uh, my grandmother's uh, great peace as she approached death, her full trust in God with another of his patients. And this other patient had no relationship with God and was facing her own impending death with great fear, great anxiety, and demanding of this doctor more and more heroic measures to save her life, her life which was fading. And this experience deeply, deeply impacted me. You know, I was only 32 years old then, 
and I had never really faced death. And for the first time, I caught a glimpse of the precious gift of faith that we have in God at the end of life. Whether we live or whether we die, as Scripture tells us, we are always with God. And nothing, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. In the Apostles' Creed today, we affirmed our belief in the great communion of saints. Hebrews 12.1 calls this the great cloud of witnesses. I just love that. The great cloud of witnesses. That came long before other clouds of the internet. The great cloud of witnesses. Or as we sang today, it's the fellowship of friends on earth and friends above. If you remember uh, last uh, month, we, one of our scriptures was Revelation 7. And it's there that we catch this breathtaking glimpse of what this communion of saints will look like someday. In John's vision, people from every nation, every tribe, every language will be gathered together before God in worship. We'll be singing our praises to the Lamb, the Christ who conquered evil and death with his self-giving love and has brought us into God's kingdom of shalom. And this vision that John has on the island of Patmos ends with God tenderly wiping away all the tears that we've shed in this life whether tears from persecution, from inexplicable loss, and some of us have had inexplicable loss, whether it's caused by the suffering of others or from our own sinful mistakes. Revelation 7.17 says, God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And the good news that we glimpse in in this passage and throughout the Bible is that all of our life stories will come to their end in God. Our final destination is God. That's good news. Our final destination is God. And after God's goodness and mercy have been following us all the days of our lives, we will finally dwell in the house, in the presence of God forever. Today we are celebrating All Saints Sunday. And this is the day, as Marlon said, when we join our hearts with sisters and brothers around the world. Just contemplate that. Around the world, people are celebrating this great communion to which we belong. 
And when we think about a saint, <laughs> we, uh, I think if you're anything like me, we usually think about an elite super-Christian who doesn't have to struggle with uh, the anger and greed and lust and doubt that seem to cling so closely to the rest of us. Amen? But as Marlon already helped us to see, in Scripture, the call to become a saint is a call to all of us, not just to super-Christians. The book of Romans, for example, begins with these words, to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints. There's no one in Rome who, isn't, who doesn't have that calling. And there's no one here who doesn't have that calling either. One of the things that's helpful to remember is that in the original New Testament Greek, saint simply means holy one. Holy one. And this holiness doesn't come from us internally, but it comes from the God with whom we are in relationship. In the Bible, saint is not an elite moral category. A saint is a relational category. It speaks of the God with whom we are in relationship with. And by God's grace, God doesn't love us because we're good, but we're able to be good and to become saints because of how much God loves us. Always or never forget that. By God's grace, God doesn't love us because we're good, but we're able to be good and to become saints because of how much God loves us. And today we want to give thanks for the people who have helped us to connect with this good and loving God, whether for the first time or in some deeper way. A true follower of Christ, it has been said, is invariably someone who has met one first. We become Christians because we have met true Christians ourselves. And today we also want to remember our own calling to be that true disciple through whom others meet Christ for the first time as well. In Luke 6 today, wow, <laughs> we hear Jesus uh, teaching some really, really difficult things. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Ouch. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And I can remember a long time in my own life where I thought these teachings were nothing but sheer insanity. And have you ever felt that way? 
I encountered these teachings right after I had gone through a, a period, a very difficult period in junior high and high school of bullying. And uh, these were difficult teachings. But then in my 20s, I began to meet people who really lived and walked in this Jesus way. Carl and Evelyn Kreider and Atlee Winnie and Atlee and Winifred Beachy at Goshen College. Dale Shum at the Mission Board, my grandma Nickel and Earl Martin at MCC, and Earl Martin is a dear friend of our own Verl Yoder. And then in China, I met Christians who had been persecuted for years, but carried not an ounce of hatred toward their oppressors. Their suffering had not made them bitter, it had made them better and radiant with God's light. These saints embodied Christ for me and helped me to experience the well-being and the shalom of a God-connected life. And for a religious doubter and cynic as I was in the 20s, they also presented me with a very, very irritating problem. Their lives did not make sense unless God existed. And these saints became for me the place where God began to happen. We all carry great burdens of loss. We carry people in our hearts that we have lost. And I know as a pastor, I I often sense in our church the feeling that we are alone in walking with this burden. Did you watch the uh, World Series? And they had this uh, campaign of standing up to cancer. And at one moment, unforgettable moment, they, they gave everybody a card, and everybody raised a card with the name of someone they had lost to cancer. And today when we come forward, you're going to see that each of us has a candle representing probably not just one, but many, many beloved people in our lives whom we miss. And so I hope our sense of being community, being the community of saints together, is greatly deepened by the experience we are about to share together. Friends, who are the saints in your spiritual hall of fame? We invite you now to come forward down the center aisle to light a candle for one of the saints here at East Chestnut or for a beloved family member whom you're especially missing here today or perhaps for a person who has helped you to connect with God for the first time or in some deeper way. And children, 
Children, do I have your attention? You're welcome to come forward with a parent or grandparent. And then if all of you would then return by the outer aisles. Let us begin today by lighting candles of gratitude for the faithful lives of those at East Chestnut who have returned home to God this past year. For Lester and Pauline Denlinger, for Shirley Fry, and for Elton Mosier. come forward. 